Well, good morning, everybody. How are we today? Are we good? It's good to be with you. We, uh, I wanted to take just a few seconds and talk about this coming week, um, our Friday and Saturday Christmas Eve services that we're having. Uh, so we're having our candlelight services this Friday, this Saturday, Friday night, uh, 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. You've probably seen it on social media and around our building. Just wanna make sure I communicate it to you as well. So 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Friday. And then on Saturday, we have 12, 2, and 4. 12, 2, and 4. And um, for that 4 o'clock on Saturday, we're not gonna have a service. We're just gonna show the Cowboys game for that uh, time. <laughs> But it'll be really uh, be a sweet service that we're having. I wanna encourage you to invite some family and friends and some neighbors. We'll do everything we can not to embarrass you or, or weird them out. I think it'll be a, a good service, a good experience for sure. And then this year, uh, Christmas Day falls on Sunday morning. We won't have a service Sunday morning. Uh, we will have a special online service that you can watch from home, okay? So don't come here on Sunday. Nobody's gonna be here. Just join us online, okay? All right, well, um, I gotta be honest with you, I was writing this message and I had no idea how to start it. Uh, usually I, I try to come up with like a, a good introduction to what we're gonna be talking about. I, just, I don't know if it was Christmas brain or what, I just couldn't think of anything and so I decided to let Will Ferrell do it for me. So watch this. All right, uh, let's get it over with. I walked all day and night to find you. Uh, you look like you came from the North Pole. That's exactly where I came from. Santa must have called you. Oh, yeah, sure. He uh, just got off the cell phone with me. You did? So, go on. Uh, go on with what? Well, I, are you going to sing a song or something, or can I just go back to work? A song? Uh, yeah. Anything for you, Dad. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm here with my dad, and we never met, and he wants me to sing him a song. <laughs> and um, I was adopted, but you didn't know I was born. So I'm here now. I found you, Daddy. And guess what? I love you. I love you. I love you. Wow. That was weird. <laughs> love that. That was weird. Today I wanna to talk about uh, love, the, the advent of love or the coming of love. As Chase was saying, this whole idea of advent or the advent series we're in is celebrating the arrival of Jesus and the, the blessings that come with his arrival. And so we've been talking about a few of those blessings over the past couple weeks, talking about peace, Enjoy and today love, and then Christmas Eve, we're talking about hope. And all of these blessings are a product of Emmanuel, that God is with us. And so that's what Christmas is about. It's not just celebrating and remembering the birth of Jesus, but it's celebrating the life that came with Jesus. John 10:10 10, 10 says it this way: that he came so that we could experience life and life to the fullest. And so as we look at the life to the fullest that Jesus is offering us with his arrival, uh, we're gonna zero in on love today. So let me begin by reading 
this passage for you. It's out of 1 John chapter 4, uh, 16 through 21. It says this, God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is fear for judgment. This shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other. Why? Because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, then how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this commandment, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. God is love. God is love. This is a core foundational truth of our faith. I mean, if I only had one message that I had to teach for the rest of my life, it would be this, that God is love. It is, it is who he is. It's not just something he does. It's not a way that he acts. It's not just something he gives, but it's the very makeup of his being. He is love. And, and because he is love, then we can have confidence that everything he does is out of a place of love. It's from a place of love. Everything he does for us is from a place of love, whether we understand it or not. You know, our, our uh, understanding of God does not shape his character. Our opinions and our experiences of God does not shape who he is and his virtues. He is who he is, and the Bible says he is love. This is so true, God and love being one and the same, that, that even somebody who doesn't necessarily believe in God or isn't a fan of God or isn't in a relationship with God, they understand that if they see a Christian doing something that's not loving, that it's not congruent with what we talk about. It's not congruent with who God is. So if you're, you know, you're, you, you've got a WWJD bracelet on, but you're flipping people off in the honey-baked ham aisle, like even a skeptic, someone who doesn't even like Jesus is gonna go, that's pretty jacked up. Like that's pretty messed up because it's so true that God and love are one in the same. And so not only is God love, but he also loves you. His love, that, the, the love that he is, is directed towards your heart. It's because of his love for you that he sees you, that he protects you, that he is with you, that he forgives you. Now, this love that God has for us, it's really hard for us to understand. It's pretty difficult for us to wrap our minds around this type of, of love. One of the reasons is because his love is so deep and so wide and so big. We, we literally have nothing to compare it to. So it's hard for us to understand. 
But another reason it's hard for us to understand is, is because of our culture and the way that we have portrayed love. I mean, if you don't believe me, go turn on some dumb Hallmark Christmas movie. It's like, that, what, is that love? They met yesterday. She left her fast-paced job in New York City to be with a widowed rancher in small town Connecticut. What is that? That's not love. That's psychotic. And I just described every Hallmark movie that has ever been created, ever. <laughs> but we buy into it, right? It's, uh, our idea of love is so watered down and tainted and misconstrued. It's like we have to ask the question, what is love? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. It's a song. Well, another reason that, that uh, love is hard for us to understand has to do with our language. We, we have one word to describe love, one word. So you can love sushi, and you can love the cowboys, and you can love the human child that you birthed and are raising. And then you can love a pillow, and you can love the person that you're devoting your whole life with in, in marriage. You see how wonky that can be? We only have one word. Love is like the junk drawer of words. We just throw whatever into it. We don't know what to do with it. Uh, but you know, it's, it's universally true that in languages, if something is important, you have lots of words to describe it. That's universally true for, for all languages, that if something means something significant, then you have lots of, you know what we have a lot of words for? Money. We got a lot of words for money because money is important to us. We like money. We got cash, coins, currency, dough, green, loot, moolah, Washingtons, Franklins, you name it. We got a lot of words for money because we think money is important. You know the Eskimos, have eight words for snow, because snow is important. You ain't an Eskimo if, there ain't, if you don't have snow. Write that down in your notes. That's important, because it's important to them. It, it, snow is important to them, and so that's why we have to take some time, and we have to look at the original writings of the Bible and the, the language that was used, the Greek language, that was used whenever we're trying to understand uh, God's love for us because the Greeks had it right. They, they listed four different words for love. They have layers of love that describes the type of love that one is experiencing. And so the first word is philia. Philia is brotherly love. It's the love that you have for a friend. I love you, man. You know, you are my friend, you are my, my brother. So that's philia. Then you have eros, which is sexual love. That's where we get the word erotic from. You have a storge, that's the love that you have for family. So the love that you feel for your parents or your grandparents or a sibling, that's storge. And then you have agape love. And agape love is the deepest, most unconditional most sacrificial love 
that there is. And agape is the word that the Greeks use when they're writing the New Testament, the Greek word to describe the love that God has for you. So agape love, it's the love that I, I felt for my kids when I held them for the very first time. It's the love I feel for my little girl when she tells me that she's scared at night. It's the love that Alex has for me when many times she's picked me up off the floor when I've been in tears. Agape love is the love that you might have for a stranger when you go out of your way to do something for them expecting nothing in return. That's agape love. And over and over again in, in the word of God, we see this word agape rise to the top. John three sixteen for God so agape the world. Romans eight thirty seven that we're more than conquerors through him who agapes us, who loves us deeply, the deepest kind of love that there is. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 but because of his great agape for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. So this, this agape love, it's rooted in sacrifice. It's a, it's a sacrificial love for somebody. Uh, this agape love is rooted in Jesus' teaching that we should love our enemy, that we should treat others how we want to be treated. And so this isn't the hallmark version of love that we're talking about. It's the, it's the type of love that where you go above and beyond to sacrifice your life for somebody else expecting nothing in return. And probably the most profound way, not probably, but the most profound way that God showed his Agape love for us is Romans 5, 8. It says, but God showed his great agape by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So his agape love was, was manifested through Jesus. Emmanuel, God is with us in the flesh. Like God loves us so much, he was willing to humble himself and come down and, and put this on. And I, maybe you have a better body than I do or you run ultra marathons and you're thinking, I don't really know what the big deal is. But when I look at myself and all the junk that I come with, I go, that's a pretty big deal that God himself would become flesh so that he could be with me because that's how much he agapes me. And so the whole message of the gospel is this invitation for us to love him back, to agape him. God says, I agape you, so are, will you agape me back? And it's in that place of love where we meet him, where the two agapes meet together that we find freedom from shame, from sin, from lies, from fear, from, from hell. It's, it's when those two agapes meet, our agape for him and his agape for us, that's when we begin to experience the life to the fullest that Jesus talks about in John 10.10. 10. And so the question that I wanna answer is, 
how do we agape God back? We know how he, how he loves us. He did it by sending his son to be in flesh for us and with us. He sent his son to be a sacrifice for us. But how do we agape God back in all of our junk, in all of our mess? And so I wanna show you a couple things. First John 4, 17, it says, all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. You see, we read earlier that the way that we love God back is by loving other people. By loving them the same way that he loves them. That's how you love God back. That's how you agape God back. By agape other people the same way that he loves them. That's why Jesus said that the greatest commandment was to love God and love people. They're inseparable. They're, they're the same thing. And John, 1 John 4, says that if you're not loving other people, then you're not loving God. First John says that if you try to love God without being loving towards other people, then you're a liar. You can't do it. So if you, you treat somebody poorly over online or on text or, or in person, you, you can't claim to be close to God. You just can't. But on the flip side, loving others is how you love God. You're never gonna get as much as you can out of a sermon or worship or a Bible study until you get the love thing right. You're just not gonna get, get what you can out of it. I, I don't know, maybe you grew up in a church setting or a faith-based setting and have you ever been asked the question, well, how's your quiet time? You know, anybody ever been asked that question or asked that question before? Uh, I remember asking, being asked that growing up uh, or asking my students that when I was a youth, youth pastor, you feel far from God. Well, how's your quiet time? You know, and what, what they meant by that was, well, how much time are you spending with God and how much time are you spending reading the Bible and how much time are you spending in prayer? That's fantastic but that's not what the Bible says is the measure for how close we are to God. That's not what the Bible says the measure is for, for how much we love God. It says the measure is how well we're loving other people. And so the question shouldn't be, well, how much are you reading the Bible? The question should be, well, how's your love for other people? How are you doing in that? You feel far from God? Well, how's your love for other people? You feel like you're in a desert right now. You feel like you're alone. You feel like you're in a little bit of a spiritual valley. Well, how's your love for other people? Because your, your love for other people and how well you do that is how you get close to God. The, um, the Jewish people had a really good understanding of this. And again, it kind of goes back to language and the way that we've 
translated some of those words, but the way that they have um, exemplified this and declared this over their life is they have a prayer that they call the prayer of Shema. And the prayer of Shema uh, is a tradition, if you identify as, as uh, part of the Jewish people group, um, then, then you would pray this prayer every morning and every night. So the moment you wake up in the morning and then right before you go to sleep, you would pray the prayer of Shema. And the prayer of Shema is found in Deuteronomy 6, and it goes like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Let me read it again. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now this is Hebrew, this would have been written in Hebrew, so not Greek, and so the word for love is not agape, it's a Hebrew version of love, it's ahava. And ahava literally means sacrificial love for somebody else. And so the way that the Hebrews, or the, the Israelites and the Jewish people would have read this prayer is they would have read it like this, God, Help me love you with my innermost being and my outermost being and everything that I am by loving other people. That's, that's how that would have translate for them. God, help me love you with my innermost being, my outermost being, and all that I am by loving other people, by being sacrificial for other people, by laying my life down for other people and serving them and expecting nothing in return because that is love for God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And they declare this over their life every morning and every evening. Every morning and every evening. Listen, God loves you. That, that's a no-brainer. God is love, and his love is directed towards you. The only question is, are you gonna meet him in that place of love? by the way that you love others. Because I'm telling you, that's where life to the fullest is found. That's where freedom is found. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. I thought we'd end today just getting ready for this next weekend. You probably know this, but on Friday and Saturday, we're gonna have thousands of people in this room who don't usually come to this room. It's just the nature of, of Christmas Eve services and, and Easter weekends. And with that comes thousands of people who desperately need to understand how much God loves them. And I think that the biggest way that they receive that message is the way that we love them back. And so there's a part that you play in preparing for this Christmas Eve weekend. And I just wanna, I want us to get ready for that. 
And so I wanna pray for us and then we're gonna sing a song together and be done. Will you stand up with me? So God, I thank you so much that you agape us unconditionally, the deepest love there is, sacrificially. God, that you have shown your love for us over and over and over again. But the biggest way is by manifesting your love through Jesus Christ. And so we thank you for Emmanuel, the God that is with us. God, I pray that you would give us the courage and the strength to love you back and love you back by loving other people. I pray that this church is just a testimony of your love this coming weekend. That on Friday and Saturday, people would come into this building and they couldn't help but feel your presence and feel your love and feel your closeness because of the way that we love everyone around us. And so God, I thank you that you are love. You are agape in Jesus' name, amen, amen.